Welcome to this episode of CDM Media's Executive Insights. I'm your host, J.D. Miller. We have a special episode this week. We recently had our Southeast Summit, and I was joined by Edgar Escobar, CIO Grupo Alto, for a fantastic fireside chat. Edgar has practical experience within multiple industries within North and South American markets, as well as practical experience with the European business as well. This includes experience in risk management for banking, analytics, communications, retail, and service industries at an analytical, strategic, technical, and operational level. For this episode, Edgar sits with me as we look at reshaping the future of tech leadership in 2021 and beyond. When we come back, we'll hear my session with Edgar. So I'm gonna throw you a softball to start off with. What does it take to be a successful IT leader today? Well, I think it's it's been harder than ever. I think it's uh, what it's expected from us. It's to be holistic leaders. As you probably know, we're probably the bridge. You have on your right side a lot of technical people, a lot of people that are that feel safer in front of a computer, ones and zeros. And then on your left hand, you have the business where they are expecting money, return, solutions, results. And those two things don't tend to talk to each other. So our job is basically to understand both sides and that makes it very, very hard. We need to know about finance. We need to know about mathematics. Everyone's talking about machine learning now. We need to know about uh, technology. We need to know about people. We need to know about our business. So probably being a successful leader today, it's more about knowing a little bit about everything, saying that a little bit, it's actually everything. And that has changed a lot in the last couple of years because now everything is more digital. So, um, well, now we're being part of some tables that we were not part before. Uh, I would say a couple of years before when you were talking about the strategy of the business, we were not on the table. We were those guys that were on the fourth floor. Don't bother them. Now we went out and people are talking to us. So we need to be more prepared. Talk to me a little bit about the the future of the role. AI and machine learning and technology is shaping businesses, but it's also shaping the role of of the IT leader, isn't it? Of course. Um, I don't tend to talk about myself in these kinds of uh, conversations, but I think it's important. Actually, I am a mathematician. I started my career as a mathematician. That's my, my bachelor's degree. Actually, I'm an electrical engineer as well. So I started my career on the more analytical piece of it. That's what I'm good at. That's what I were, where, where I was technical, I was about machine learning. I was about artificial intelligence. Of course, it's not as developed as it was before, but as you start understanding what the business needs, you see that it's more than, than that. You see that it's more about understanding databases. You know, it's about understanding uh, backend, frontend. It's about understanding machine learning. It's about understanding data science. It's about understanding information, uh, privacy policies security information. So the business tends to make us learn more and more about everything. I would sometimes when I talk to my friends, it's like going to the doctor. Imagine you have a doctor that needs to be as well as good in your heart, your liver, your knees. So somehow we need to know a little bit of everything because everything is very technical and very deep. Talk to me a little bit about really the changing face of, and, and I talked a little bit with Lana about it, but the changing face of digital transformation, where is that going to be if we sit here 
a year from now? Are we going to still be moving at this breakneck pace? Will it even be more accelerated? Where are we going to be? I think we will do like every automation process. It's more like a, we'll go a lot to the right. So now every, everyone wants to go very uh, digital. And then we'll probably go back into more analog. And we'll find the right, the right place. Let me explain that. I don't think offices will disappear. Um, we've been doing um, home office for the last, I have been doing home office for the last eight, nine years. It was before this. It was before everything else. So don't get me wrong. The pandemic made us move faster. It was, it was a, we, we couldn't do anything about it. Like you change or you die. It was a really hard year. And it was a really hard year for people that never had in their mind moving out of the office. So it needed to happen. However, the people that have been with home office, this is not new. So we should go back to things that we're missing. For example, engagement. So things that Lana said that I think that were really important. People work harder. We never expected that. But on the other side, something that it has been written for the last 15 years, it's really important to understand that we need to engage with people because of innovation. When you are by yourself in your office, every idea is a great idea. No one's telling you wrong. Right. So you need someone, you need to prepare yourself. You need that coffee, you need something. So that person in front of you said, oh no, sorry, that's a really bad idea. And between the two of you, between the 10 of you, between the 20 of you can make a good thought into a good idea. So I think that will happen. So I guess we'll move from a very, very, very digital and we'll start to find our place. And we'll be somewhere between where we were and where we should be. It's interesting. I think COVID's done more for IT departments than really any other shift since computing. My question for you is, is a little tough. Was the shift too late? You know, I don't think things are never too late. I think things happen when they should happen. Should they have to happen earlier? Yes. Was technology prepared for some for some of these changes to happen before? Yes. Was the business prepared? No. Uh, probably a lot of you guys have heard about it. Uh, iPad was not the first iPad. There was a lot of technology before iPad. But was the market prepared for iPad? No. We needed something else for a very particular thing to happen, that spark. And probably it's wrong for me to say it, but... COVID was that spark. We needed yeah. something for people to realize that we needed to do something different. Uh, that, that's a great point. And I, and I think we're seeing, you know, cross-departmental collaboration more than ever before. Are, are you seeing this as well you know, in, with your colleagues and, and yourself? That IT is now, actually they're, they're part of marketing. They're part of sales. They're part of admin. They're part of ap operations where before they used to be siloed. And do you feel this is really accelerated? Oh, of course. I think that's one of the main things that has happened. Technology has a lot to say. We, well, most of us are engineers and most of us has been in the business as well. But you said it right, we were on silos. No one was really paying attention. So the first thing that happened, at least in my company, was they were calling us because they were like, oh, we need to do home office. You guys do home office, can you teach us? So the first time that they went to us, was not because of the business. It was the first time that we weren't late. It was the first time that we were not something that they didn't want to talk about. Hey, can you help us? And that opened a lot of doors, which were really, really 
they were aggressors. We start speaking the same language. They needed to start speaking the same language. It was not good enough for them to not know how to turn on their computer. Let me be a little bit harsh. They learned, we learned, and now we're talking more. Now, as you said, we're talking with marketing, things that we never discussed before. We're talking with the business, things that we never discussed before. And I think that's going to be great for the business. We need to continue to learn. And as I said before, we need to do better in certain aspects. I think we need to do better um, on how we communicate. I think it will be important for the institutions to understand that not only IT doesn't know how to communicate, usually we're late because we don't know how to communicate. It's not because we're not working. Now we should understand that maybe the business doesn't know how to communicate as well. So we will learn that together. We will need yeah, to learn yeah, have, have to learn it together. You brought up a point earlier is is having a seat at the table. And I think many IT executives have a seat at the table um, because they've led their organization through the pandemic. And, and instead of just being asked once a quarter, you know, a couple times a year, what's going on, what's the metrics, talking about, you know, whether it's talking about breaches or whatever it is, now it's a regular seat at the table. My question for you is, you got that seat at the table, now what? I think we need to continue to prepare ourselves. We are, as I said before, we are not very good at, at communicating and we are not very good at, um, at giving focus. Uh, the person that was speaking before me said something really important and how we tend to build that. And that's not on the business, that's on us. We like investing, we are engineers. And business, they like investing, but if that investment comes with a return. So if we want to keep that seat on the table, we need to be better. We need to communicate better. We need to learn how to focus. We're not very good at any of those two things. So I think if we can do that, we will keep that seat. And I guess we will bring value to the business. I have been hearing this since my dad. I remember my dad saying, hey, we should move from decision-making by the gut, by my stomach, to decision-making by data. That's something that I have been hearing for the last 40 years. So now we have that option and we need to keep that, keep that seat and make, show the business that we can bring value and I'm pretty sure that we can. Yeah, and data is more important than ever before, right? Every department's using data in one way or another and it does come back to the, the tech executive to, to really help people who necessarily aren't used to, to combing through all this data to figure out really what's there. And I think you brought up a great point on the communication end of things. How can tech executives get better at the communication? Because that, that's never really been the biggest strong suit uh, in the tech department, has it? You're totally right. And I think that's about methodology. Let's be honest. Methodology, it's a pain. It's a lot of work. It's a little bit uh, of politics. It's a little bit of um, losing time. All of that is true, but it's people that are here talking and people need to have order. So I think the solution is having a methodology. It's understanding how you do stuff. I'll give me an example. Let's say that you need a platform to be built. It's up to me to have a methodology to teach you what are the steps in order to build that platform. And that's not only building code. That's about when do we have definitions? What's your purpose? Do we have to test? Do we want to go into production? How this is going to work after it's on production? So if we're capable of having a methodology that goes step by step, 
I think communication will be just a result of that methodology and it will help. It will help because as I said at the beginning, we are more confident with ones and zeros rather than, than, than words. So let's use what we're good at, ones and zero, and put it into words. Let's follow a process. And I think that will help a lot. At least it has helped me a lot. No, that's fantastic. One thing I talked about earlier on dur during my presentation was um, about tech jobs are, are hotter than, than, than ever before. And you know, it, some of the top paying jobs, but the top uh, jobs that organizations are looking for. But that does bring up challenges. Talk to me about the current challenges in finding good, qualified talent and then keeping them. That's another challenge, too. That's probably my my my, my biggest nightmare every day. So um, I remember from forever we have been talking about unicorns, those fantastic animals that everyone wants, but no one knows if they actually exist. That's what people are needing and needing more from us all the time. Mm -hmm. And reality is that we spend a lot of time. Let's let's be honest. A lot of the people that come out of university, they don't have that knowledge. That knowledge needs to be built. So uh, you try to bring them in, you teach them, you train them, and they find a better job. So it is really, really, really hard. I think um, at least what we're doing is engaging with universities, trying to teach people not on the fifth year when they're out, probably starting at the third year, make them do and learn things from the beginning. And things will continue to happen as in any other industry. If you're good at your job, people will look for you and they'll find you. So you shouldn't be worried about that. What you should be worried about is having the supply, having enough of those unicorns and eventually stop calling them unicorns. It's just people doing their job. It, do, do you see, because really fostering the, the young talent that's coming up is a big deal. You know, more internship programs that need to be put in place for organizations and ways to partner, like you mentioned, with universities or, or colleges. Um, you know, are you seeing an increase in that? What about uh, you guys? Yes, we have increased that a lot. We do a lot of that. We try to talk to communicate to um, research companies. We try to talk to universities because we believe that's the, the thing that is going to make the change. Um, as I said, we are very particular when we come into joining a company. We learn things different. We are used to different kind of stuff. They insist ones and zeros. So um, we need to be faster in that. I'm supposed to be a millennial, but... Now I'm not. I don't. I don't feel myself like that. So probably the mistake that we shouldn't be doing is when someone that's 20, 21 years old and comes in. I don't think we should treat them like they're centennial or something different. Come on in, learn. Let's learn together. What do we have to bring to the to the table? What can it bring to the table? So it's a lot about mentoring. It's a lot about investing time on people. You know, one thing that Dr. Kirsten just mentioned in the previous session, and I want to get your take on this as well. His quote was, misunderstanding technical debt is one of the biggest problems that we will ever see. Do you agree with that? Oh, totally. We continually talk about being agile. And I think the first problem that we have is that we don't understand what agile means. We tend to confuse velocity with trying to be uh, efficient. And it's something different. It's about having the understanding on putting your money on the right place. And that's really, really hard to do. And that's not to IT. I think that's one of the mistakes that we have made. We believe that investing money in technology, it's about the technology team being faster. It's not about that. It's about choosing what works with your money. 
where to invest your money. Technology is, is very, very expensive. And we need to learn that. And that's not on IT. That's on the business. The business needs to understand that building technology is expensive. So we should be very careful and very smart on how we do it. I, I love to ask the question. We, we tackled it a little bit in, in the panel discussion this morning. You just talked about confusing velocity from being efficient. I think that that's a, a great distinction, right? And this morning, we, we talked about people, process, and platform. Really, as you're building your IT organization, as you're building your, your tech department, you know where should you focus your most of your energies today? Because there's a lot of different processes. We talked AI, we talked machine learning as far as platforms that can help out. There's processes to put that in place. And then we just talked about talent, trying to bring in the, the best talent and keep them. Where do you see you spending the most time and where do you think going forward to have your department have success, you need to focus between those two, three things of people, process and, and platform? I think that you should focus on making sure that your investment is CapEx, not OpEx. I think that's really important. I think that's my job should be making sure that every 80 cents of a dollar go to CapEx. It's very easy to money to move to the OpEx. It's very easy to people to start asking for tickets to small changes. Is th are those changes bringing value? So I think our job is about making sure that every 80 cents of a dollar go into capex if that's particularly machine learning or um, kubernetes or um, a security with a very specific cybersecurity technology that's really up to you and to your problems i think what you should be focused about is 80 cents of a dollar need to go to capex how are you bringing value with what you're doing? Yeah, that, that's absolutely fantastic thank you so much edgar uh, th there's a lot to dive in here too because where we're going as tech leaders, where we're going as departments it is going to look considerably different a year from now as it did a year ago. So uh, thank you so much for joining us, Edgar. Thank you, JD. And thanks everyone for joining us. Thank you for listening to this week's Executive Insights. If you'd like to attend one of our industry-leading summits, like the one Edgar spoke at, Visit cdmmedia.com to find one in your area. I'm J.D. Miller, and remember to keep connecting.